Katie, I told you I had an Animal Crossing update for you. Very important. Much like our last episode, there's good news, there's bad news. I shall start with the good news. All right, the good news is, older daughter has a new islander. The bad news is, Vlad has moved on to her island. Oh, no! person who has offered to move because i guess it's just so idyllic of my island is um marshall who i love and i was oh. like nope you're you're staying <laughs> uh, nice try marshall you weird, you weird little influencer squirrel <laughs> like you're staying forever i do sir. love the squirrels they're so funny this is this has been your animal crossing update um our animal crossing corner of <laughs> our <laughs> podcast which is about bicoastal besties oh bonding over wine and mysteries like animal crossing and where does vlad come from and why does he keep turning up <laughs> there's like a weird like vlad home world that just is all pink Ooh, you know creepy well that's yeah. not the wine times mysteries that we're talking about today on the wine times mysteries podcast what are we talking about katie uh, today, I mean, we will be talking about season two, episode thirteen of Beyond Belief: Fact or Fiction, which is the season finale. Oh, uh, apparently, these yeah. are thirteen episode seasons, and so when I went there, it was just there was nothing after, and I was like, oh well, maybe this is going to be. I wonder if they saved up mm. some of their humdingers. Spoiler alert: they didn't. Oh. These are all fairly Come mediocre. Um, but that's what we're for. Uh, that's right. That's we're going to add some charm and some humor as we go through these. Where are the bubbles um, in your champagne, everyone? When I soda stream, I go for some extra pumps, so it's extra, <laughs> extra bubbly. Well, that's what I tell people when they say, what's, what's Katie like in real life? And I say, extra bubbly. Tonight we have a challenge for you, Frank says. Can you tell fact from fiction? And I was like, that is all. It's the same thing we do every night, brain. Try, take <laughs> Try and take over the world. I mean, thanks, thanks Uh But he is once again in his fit of black suit, gray and black stripes. Mm. His face shaved. <gasps> what? It what? is clear that he sh- he shaved it for something, huh. and it is just barely growing back. Ooh. It's not five o'clock shadow. Stuff it's all. like it's, but like it's the, it's 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 not good. Oh, I see, because I was going to say, what do you prefer, a bearded Frakes? Bearded Frakes. Or clean shaven Frakes. So you're saying 100%. Well, I haven't. On DP. Have you ever seen him without a beard? You're saying there's a reason there's a beard. Oh, yeah. It's, um, I liken it to when I was a child and my father would randomly shave the beard off his face and I would. Like, one time, like, when I was quite young, I must have been, like, six, he turned around, and there was no beard, and I thought it was an imposter, and I screamed. Like, he, like, it it really changes the shape of his face. And so, it's not that Frakes isn't a very attractive man, he is, it's just, it's so different, it's like, it suits, like, the beard suits him so well, that, like, Having just sort of the smattering of growth, I'm just like, this is not you, friend. I can't even picture it. I can't even picture it in my head. Oh. I will have some screenshots oh, for the Mango Jewelry. Because it, 
he's still like fit for TV. Like it's not just like oh, get that sight out of my eyes. Uh, it's just very. It's it's just different in a way that I don't appreciate. Gotcha. Um, our theme is literally like the truth may not be what it seems. Like it's not a real theme. Um, the <laughs> no one can see me rolling my eye. Okay. At the end of the season, they must have just been like, just fucking, just, just fucking go. We just, God, we got one more episode left. Let's push through. Let's just push through. <laughs> we don't know okay, if we're getting picked so, back up again next season. We don't know. We don't know. So our drawing is. What is it? It looks to be a Native American chieftain from one angle. And then another angle, it's an Eskimo and an ice storm. But you can't see both at once. And I was like, oh, so the racism returns. Did he say say Eskimo? He said Eskimo. He also said Native American chieftain. I was very excited that he didn't say Indian chief. But then he said Eskimo. And really, it just looks like someone in a parka. So, like, why they had to go with Eskimo is not... Like, it's just... Uh, Anyway. Whatever. So... uh, Tina, why are you groaning? You're doing fine. uh, Tina, relax. Easy. Easy. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. So, um, you know, he does his usual bullshit and then he says back on his you know just his usual like oh you can only see it from this angle nothing new and but his little zinger for the opening is you know what seems to be the truth here may turn out to be a snow job because of the drawing and the ice storm so let's just dive right in man we are like i'm so excited to hear where this is going uh listeners we are recording this on easter sunday uh it will come out two weeks from then but i have mimosas on the brain uh i have because i'm gonna do a brunch with my pot my little quarantine pod later i have going out and buying some reese's eggs on the brain i don't have it in me for this nonsense today (laughs) not today freaks not today satan story one story number one the warning. Oh. And the prop is a black cat. Oh, is this so cute? He's sitting on Frank's lap. He's a chong. Oh. Sitting on Frank's lap. And it's clear that Frank's is holding him in place. <laughs> <laughs> He's not like struggling, but Frank's has got a grip on him. <laughs> and it's like, you know, but like clearly knows how to pet a cat. Um, phrasing? Can you imagine if. If he was holding this cat, and your comment was, it is clear he does not know how to pet a cat. (laughs) Some people don't! So, we're just done with phrasing, right? That's not a thing anymore? Some people are, like, patting, like, weird. Like, when you know to, like, scratch their chin. Yeah. Rub rub over their eyes and stuff, and, like, you're like, oh, you you, you know what's up. One time when oldest daughter was a wee itty baby, a friend, you shall remain nameless, uh, was was hold. I don't know. You know, everybody wants to hold the baby. That's great. And then said friend started stroking oldest daughter like she was a cat. And that that was. I was there. I was there. I know you were. I was. That was really the benefit of the audience and the lizards. 
I thought this might have been, like, lots of people visit, so I thought it might have been a good, no, I was present for this, and I remember you and I both making eyes, going like, (laughs) is this what's happening right now? Is this, is this occurring in front of our faces? I mean, it's kind of the opposite thing, though, where said friend had cats, and so was obviously very comfortable with cats, and just took that affection and channeled it into the baby. Here's the thing, here's the thing. Lizards, I am so uncomfortable around fresh babies, even when they are babies that I particularly love, such as first daughter and second daughter, you know. They are, they're, they're my little nieces from another nieces. I got nothing. I like I, that. I started it, and then I was just like, this is going nowhere. Um, however, I'm so uncomfortable around, you gotta support the neck yeah. and the soft spot yeah. and things like yeah. that. I managed to not stroke first daughter like a cat or hold her like a cat where you like, you you know, I managed to hold her like a human. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just, just, I I knocked, I knocked that one out. And really my most uncomfortable part was the once I had her and the neck was supported and I, you know, very, very cute. And then when I had to hand, the handoff is where I'm like, handoffs are tough. Handoffs are tough. Because my hand is supporting the neck, so, like, what yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. But whatever. I managed to not stroke her like a cat. I so held her I feel like, like a human. <laughs> I held her like a human. <laughs> you know, like like a small human child. And then, so later, when I uh, got to meet um, my friend Aaron's son, Miles, one, he had neck strength at this point. Nice. He was not walking, but it was not a soft spot support the head situation. I felt so comfortable, and I was like, "This is the age. This, this is the age I need. I need them on. with. I yeah, I need them to be a, a smidge more durable. Just a smidge. You know, it was what was crazy too. Um, the whole the durability aspect of babies and how you know, like you're worried about the soft spot, you're worried about the neck, and my mom already having had babies, obviously knew all these crazy things about the babies about like well this this bone or this tendon or whatever isn't formed yet so look what you can do with like the baby's foot or it was like i was like well you <laughs> enough you've got to not do this. like look look her ankles can turn completely backwards it's like, like i don't care what she could do with her feet and i was like ah, stop <laughs> um and also they don't have kneecaps like it's a whole thing oh <gasps> Yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's been it's been really, um, and I, I will put Erin's blog and such in the show notes once again. Um, but uh, she had her second child who was quite premature, so seeing uh, Remy oh. form and turn in from a like under undercooked baby, and like Erin has talked about this, it's like we're like for the first little while she didn't do she did, did even less than babies tend to do. Right. Because she was still cooking. Yeah. She was just cooking. It's it's like when you let like something rest yes, after exactly. and it still cooks. I was cooks. thinking about that when you take a chicken out. You let it rest. <laughs> and so like, and so now like, like, so like when she first laughed and smiled and things like that, it was, it just felt like it took her so long, but she's on track yeah, if she, sure. if you, if you count that the extra cooking time, she's, uh, you know, both of her children are stunning and wonderful. So cute. So Cannot wait cute. to be vaccinated and get my ass to uh, North Carolina yeah. and snuggle dem kids. But okay, so 
cats. Cats. Uh, black cats. So he's got this cat. Chonky. Chonky this cat. boy. Chonky black cat. And he goes, you know, our friend here. I was like, hee hee our friend. Uh, looks harmless and docile here in my arms. And I was like, same. Um, (laughs) (laughs) In my arms. But you might be scared if you saw him on the street. And I was like. You racist pranks? You racist against (laughs) black cats? I just want to. I just. I do want to have a little aside here. It is frankly the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard. That black cats are underadopted. And they are. Like it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like it's. I was like, I didn't know that this was a true. thing. It is true. It's so stupid and sad. So stupid and sad. So if you are considering getting a cat and you're not like, like when I decided to adopt Ollie, it's because I have a very special place in my heart for orange cats. I, a friend of mine was fostering him. I saw him, went into a fugue state, and then he was in my home. Um, but if you're if you don't have that sort of weird fugue state, please do go get a black cat. They are, there are so many, like, it's, hor- like, it is disproportionate. Anyway, whatever. So, Franks is basically saying, you know, you might see, if you see a black cat, you might think it's an omen or something on the street, and you might be scared. That is the uh, extent of the involvement of cats or mentions of cats in this story. There are no cats in this story. Well, now I'm not as excited to hear the story, but fine. Let's hear it. Fine. So. Catless story. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Rob Naveau. Basically, like the the connection here Nouveau, is that like Rob, new in French, nouveau, like no nouveau, oh, like N A V O E, in according to the quotes captions. Um, so Rob Nouveau basically sees something that scares him. That's the connection. So he and his wife are going to a seminar. It's like a weekend, like a state planning seminar Ooh. at a hotel. Ooh. And that sounds awful. Um, that sounds like the worst way you could possibly spend your weekend. Gross. And so basically, uh, Frakes is just like, you know, some, something he sees is going to fill him with foreboding. Not a cat, but a mysterious stranger. And I'm like, then why? Is a prop? Whatever. It doesn't matter. So cut to our story. Voiceover of the wife who does not get a name. You know, Rob always let me manage the practical stuff. Let Obviously. me. Let me. Obviously. That the labor of just organizing yes. a house. Yes. Always. Yes. Always going to the he, ladies. He let um, me. He was being, he was doing me a kindness by letting me. So, um, so she had sent, signed them up for, so they call it like a money management seminar, but the signs like around the hotel all say like estate planning. So whatever. Um, so they, they're, they're, they go to this hotel. Rob is like joking that like, she's, she jokes, you just have a superstition about making your will. And he's like, and she's like, lots of people do. No. And he goes, and he goes, no, I'm just upset that I had a tea time that I canceled. To be here with you. But it's not, like, mean. It's, like, it's it's clear that he's, like, I'll do whatever you say. Uh, but, like, he's just, like, I and, you know, I wanted to play golf. Look, but Mom, you told I me hear. I couldn't play with my friends. That's why I'm upset. <laughs> so, and she's just, like, you're going to learn so much this weekend. I'm, like, I love this nerd wife. Anyhow. So she says, Rob's imagination and strange events would transform the weekend into a weekend of terror. That's how she his says it. Imagination. That's why I said it that way. His imagination. Oh, my child has such a crazy, wild imagination. I love that his imagination and strange events. And when you see the strange events, you'll be like, 
yeah, the imagination has nothing to do with it. The strange oh, events no. are, uh, whatever, doesn't, doesn't matter. So, they're talking, you know, they're doing all those jokes or whatever. And so Rob is, so they're standing at the check-in desk of the hotel. Rob, and, you know, the wife is handling it, obviously. obviously. So Rob's just sort of looking around and he sees a very, very creepy older man wearing like a very, like, like a three-piece suit and he's pushing a bright white coffin through <laughs> I didn't think you were gonna go there. Okay. Through the lobby of the hotel and like they were making some intense eye contact. So he's staring at the old man, the old man's staring at him whilst the old man is pushing a and, white and the, and the and and the old man become like I he never also gets a name. But the, I call him I call him creep. Okay, so creep, my, creep is pushing a co- the coffin's like on a cart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like a coffin dolly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I want to say it had like like drape like table draping like you would see okay, like sure. you know at like a hotel cocktail thing and then you know your and, normal hotel and he's just and your normal hotel uh, cocktail coffin hour you know one of those you know That's how they do and he has this creepy like huge smile on his face so he's grinning while they're making eye contact <laughs> oh, oh yeah it's very creepy okay. so okay. It, so Rob's like do they have funerals in hotels like he's very do they put, put off by this and his wife's like no and i was like well, i don't know i mean why not maybe, maybe it's the only place maybe it's a nice we don't know i don't know Who are we but to judge? she's just like no and he's like because that was weird and she goes what was weird and so she no one else sees creep and coffin is what this establishes because then the wife makes eye contact with the guy who's checking them in and he's like i don't know um so <laughs> They check in. Rob is still disturbed about creep, which I would be too yeah. if some weirdo was like big, yeah. big, huge grin, yeah. pushing a coffin. Yeah. So they come out of an elevator on an upper floor. Wife says the bellman said that that you know we turn left here or whatever, and they start to disagree about where the seminar is. And if the seminar is not clearly labeled as someone who does branding, shit is wrong. So they're say- so Rob is like, no, we were supposed to turn left. After, not the elevators, but somewhere else. And so she's like, um, how about we split up? And I'm like, how big is this fucking yeah, hotel? How she's many like, seminars how are going have- on? Just, just walk. You'll find it. I swear. Right? How about we split up and whoever's right buys dinner? And I'm like, but you're, that's kind of cute. That's kind of cute. It is, but, it's but- you're married. Is now coming out of the same pot anyway? Or is that the joke? True. I don't, uh, yeah. I mean, probably. And it's supposed to be, like, a money management thing, uh, so it's like, whatever. Well, she probably lets her manage the finances, too, so. Uh, cut to Rob, and he's, like, in, like, a deserted wing of the hotel. There's nobody around. And the voiceover from the wife is, we probably should have stayed together. And I'm like, one, yes, that is the first rule of a horror yeah. movie. But two, again, how big is this fucking hotel? Like, it can't be that fucking big. If you're on the right floor, if the bellman said, go to floor number five or whatever, Floor number five cannot possibly be so big that you can't, like, hear people talking. Yeah, aren't there other people? It's a seminar. Like, okay. Okay. So, they split up. Rob's in a deserted wing of the hallway, and he sees a, like, a, you know, meeting room style doors, and he goes on, and it's locked. And then he turns away, and they open on their own. And in this big, empty room 
is Creep and the Casket. Cool. And the creepy man, like, so so first he just sees the casket. He doesn't see the creep. So he walks up and he is relieved because he's like, I didn't make it up. Like, here it is. Woohoo! Not going nuts. Cool. But he walks up to that shit. And then the creep comes up and is like fucking close talking and is like, it's our deluxe model. You should get a really good look. And Rob's like, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place. And it's clear he's trying to, you know, matrix away from the close talking. And then the creep goes, don't be so sure that you're in the wrong place. It's very, it's very comfy. You should try it. I don't don't think you buy those for comfort, my friend. And then Rob's like, no, thanks. I've got to go. And then the creep goes, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And he still has that really creepy grin. So Rob leaves, cut to he's back with the wife and they're leaving the session. So he clearly found her. They learned how to plan their estate or whatever. She She learned how to plan their estate. Okay. She's chattering about like, oh, that Q&A was so interesting. And then no, the voiceover goes, <laughs> the voiceover goes, Rob was sure that that man was going to cause his death. And I was like, when did you talk about this? Because if you talked about that in the session, that is that shit is rude. Yeah. Anyway, so they're leaving the seminar. They come up to the elevators where other people from the seminar are getting in the elevator. There's like four people in the elevator. And so like the, so they're waiting for the elevator to open. It opens. There's four people in it. And then also front and center the creep and uh the wife is about to get on too and rob like stops her and he's like we're gonna take the next one because the creep is sitting there smiling real big at them and the creep is like going down and rob's like no thank you and the wife is like what the fuck is wrong with you she's just like this is weird like why are you freaking out so much because again she cannot see or hear creep and so he's like the elevator's close Uh she's looking at him like what the fuck dude the elevator cable snaps, and everyone on the elevator dies. How many people are on this elevator? Four. Ooh. Not that big of an elevator, but they're saying that there's four, but with Creep it was five. Right. So the fact that there was only four people discovered on the okay. elevator. That Then we start to get our wrap-up. Like, it, you know, because of the, you know, the accident, you know, four uh-huh. people died, but Rob uh-huh. saw a fifth one. And so you're seeing kind of an outside panning shot of the hotel, like from the street. Okay. And... And it goes, only Rob saw that man. And then, like, it superimposes a picture of the smiling creep, Ew. like, onto it. Like, it's trying to be the um, shining, kind of? Oh, Very creepy. So, was this man a messenger of doom or a figment of Rob's overactive imagination? Are you ready to say true or false? Or does the cat got your tongue? Because we're back with uh, breaks. Okay, so yes, I am ready to say true or false. And let me tell you, there are a lot of things about this story that sound true to me. Is it true that there is a grown man-child with an overactive imagination who has his wife doing all of the estate planning and financial work for him? Yes. Does it ring true to me that he would have gotten the directions wrong and was so stubborn about it, he would have gone over to the uh, casket convention instead of the estate planning convention? Yes. Also, is the name of my autobiography going to be Creepin' Casket? Yes. So for all of of these reasons, I'm saying true. (laughs) Okay, true. Get ready. Oh, I'm so ready. Because 
We are now with story number two, The Bus Stop. And um, this is going to be super classic, and you'll see why. Um, I was very glad that we got a classic Beyond Belief situation in our season finale. So the prop is, in Morticia Adams' mansion, a bus stop has been set up. And it looks like a country road sort of bus stop, right? Like, it's like a green bench. And then, like, you know... Uh, and Frakes is sort of relaxing, and I'm all like, oh, I uh, So, getting around by bus can be a leisurely activity, where you, whether you want it to or not. And so Frakes starts to give us, like, bus tips. Show up early, be patient, bring something to read. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, and wow. so he says, and... And then he goes, but also be prepared for the unexpected at all times, because you don't have to board a bus. For things to take a turn. Oh wait, I'm letting the, I'm letting these words just sink in. Wow, wash over me. Okay. So, our main dude here is Jerry, uh, Jerry Wright, and as we find out, Wright like the Wright brothers, W R I G H T. This comes into play. Okay. Not that the right, not any connection to the Wright brothers, just the spelling of his name. Okay. So. He's driving his little convertible, and he's like, you know, a lot of guys have a slick rap with the ladies. What? But not me. I get tongue-tied, etc. I was like, has anyone ever said slick rap? Those are two words in the English language that should not go next to each other ever again. Huh. Slick so, rap. It sounds wrong in my mouth. It sounds wrong in my ears. Let's move on. So he's basically talking about, like, he's like, I always get tongue-tied around women, and da-da-da. I'm like, well, you can try talking to them like they're humans. However, as a socially anxious person, I get it. It's not just, you know, dudes I might be interested in that I get tongue-tied around. I get tongue-tied around literally every single person that I don't know. (laughs) So, I get it. (laughs) I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's not just like, I don't know how to talk to women. What do women want, etc. Like, I, you know. Whatever. So, he's driving down the street, he passes a bus stop, and he sees who we find out is Terry. And he goes, I saw this woman at the bus stop, she's exactly the woman that I would have dreamed of. She's just, like, a pretty blonde woman. Please, please, I hope he doesn't offer her a ride. He sees her, and, like, ethereal music is playing as he, like, puts his on. Like, he's, like, looking at her, and so so he is stopped at the light where her bus stop is, and she comes up to him and goes... Hey, have you seen a bus? Like, did you pass a bus at all? Because I've been waiting here and it's like, so, like, it's late. Um, and she, and he goes, come to think of it, I did. And like, honestly, it was on the side of the road, like smoking, like you might be out of luck. And she goes, and she asks him, hey, I live over here. Can you give me a ride? I don't like this for and Jerry. He, I don't like this for Jerry at all. <laughs> and he's like. And I'm like, girl, no, don't ever do this. However, he's like, yeah, man, totally. And like, you can see, see that he's just like, a beautiful woman is talking to me. I don't know what to do. And he's not a creep about it. He's just very like, hey. Mm. Anyway. She gonna rob him? <laughs> you, you'd <laughs> think that. that. Out there. Yeah. You'd think that. She's gonna take his um, car. Keep him- She's gonna she's gonna leave him on the side of the road, bound and gagged. I don't like this for Jerry. Jerry and Terry oh. are driving down the street, and and he's the voiceover's going. It really made my day, my week, my year just to have her in my car. Ew. And I was like, Ew. calm down, Ew. bro, Ew. calm down. Ew. And he's like, it was so easy to talk to her. Like I wasn't getting tongue tied. I felt like I'd known her forever. I need to see you, my man. 
you just you see them chatting and like she's saying things like the bus like very weird details, but the details all come into play, obviously. But you know, and the writers could not figure out a way to organically work them in. So you know, like she waits at the she gets that five o'clock bus every day. It takes her back to her house. She lives with her sister. Da 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 da. da. So, um, they also have a little thing of she's like, "Oh, I never asked your full name," and I'm like, what? "Full name?" And he and he's like, "Oh, it's Jerry Wright," and she's like. And he spells his last it's name like right, it's like Jerome Robert <laughs> Wright. <laughs> that's right with a W. Here is my social security number. Um. So yeah. So she's he and he spells it like without her asking. She goes, "Oh, you must be the Mister Wright that I've been waiting oh, for." Oh, shut my whole up. Life. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. So very wink, you know. Ew. So he gets to her house and he's just like, I know when I was, I knew when she was going to get out of my car, she was going to walk out of my life. But like, I was, like I was so nervous that like, I couldn't, like, I didn't ask her for her number or anything. And so she's just like, so she gets out of the car and she's like, I'm really glad I met you, Jerry. And she walks away and disappears into the mist. I mean, no, she disappears to her house. No, no, um, her so sister's house. The next, the next day. His co- so we find out that Jerry is like a utility worker or electrician or something. He's like bit, bit behind this utility van. He's wearing a jumpsuit with his name and he's with his co-worker Neil who, for whatever reason, they've made a slob. Like, Neil drops a donut on the ground and picks it up and eats oh, it. Like that Neil. Kind of Neil, you gotta love yourself first, you know? <laughs> so Neil's letting him have it. He's like, she was saying that stuff to you? Like, I'm so happy I met you. You're Mr. Right. And you didn't ask her for her number like what is wrong with you well, he knows where she lives like, and he's and he's like you know when you see a beautiful woman like that like guys like us we assume that they have a boyfriend because they're so beautiful and wonderful and nice but maybe you're the guy she's looking for like, like it's trying to give him a pep talk and it's very like oh isn't this cute like he's not being gross yeah. like like a gross like like about it and i was like oh this is kind of cute and then he does the donut thing and i was like maybe it's not you know. so cute jerry's like maybe you're right he doesn't go to her house first. He goes to the bus stop after work because he's, she, remember, she dropped right. in that detour sure. and she's always taking that five o'clock bus or whatever. And then he's like, you know what? I'm here now. I'm going to go to her house. I'm going to knock on the door. I'm going to, like, tell her that, like, I can't stop thinking about her. Like, let's go to dinner or whatever. Has she been dead for ten years? Maybe. Okay. Love it. Love it. Classic, Classic beyond belief. So he knocks on the door. Laura answers it. Laura's the mm-hmm. sister. And she, and he's like, hey, I, you know, I'm, you know, friend of Terry's. And she's like, oh, come on in. I'm like, Laura, you in danger, girl. You don't know. It's strange, man. He still has suit and everything? No, he had def- he had changed okay. into just his court regular. His court and clothes. clothes. His court and clothes. She's just like, yeah, come in, sit down. I, you know... She was in the middle of something, so she has to go, like, get off the phone or whatever. So he's, like, walking around and looking at photos. And he's like, what a beautiful family. But I didn't see any photos of the sister. I saw a lot of photos of Terry with a much younger girl. Oh. He's looking at a picture of, there's a, like, maybe an eight-year-old on a bike. Terry, looking exactly like she looked when he met her yesterday, is, like, helping her ride. And it's a very cute little picture of them. And Laura comes up and goes, that's my favorite picture of us. Dun, dun, dun. Like, the music is like, <laughs> what? And he's, like, he's looking at her and he's just like, 
is like bright like excuse me and she does not pick up on this and she goes yeah that was taken just a month before terry's accident you must be one of her students what were you like a freshman when you knew her whoa whoa it's hard to believe it's been eight years since she passed away. It's been eight years. And so Jerry's voiceover is just like, I just got to roll with it. This is so fucking weird. Like, what would I even say? I met her yesterday. This is so dumb. And then so she asks his name and he says, Jerry Wright. And she goes, that is so weird. On her deathbed, Terry said that she would send Mr. Wright to look after me. Oh, my. Just tying it back to the Mr. Yeah, right I've been looking for. Yeah, wow. And so Jerry like gets this look on his like this look on his face and he goes, I told her everything. We're married now. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's not like that's not how he phrases it, but for the in the interest of time, uh he told her everything, like so then we just see sort of a, like the voiceover. We don't hear what she's saying, but she gets this like, oh my gosh, look on her face, and he's like, a year later we got married. I like it better. I told her everything. Now we're buried by me. Is this story true? Or are we taking you for a ride? I really want it to be true. It's so classically <laughs> cheesy. I love it so much. I love it so much. She said she would sell me. That's the last thing my sister said on her deathbed. Deathbed. Oh. Again. True. Okay. Please, on my Bust deathbed, up. let me say something true. a little bit better than that. Okay. Story three. The Cure. The name of this makes zero sense. Uh, so, the prop is Frakes coming in with, like, a very ornate silver tray. And, like, there's, like, a little cloche on it. Like, that kind of thing. Like, he's bringing us a meal or whatever. And he puts it down on the table and he starts, like, putting the silverware out. And he's sitting at the table and he goes, have you ever had a job as a waiter or waitress? Try it for a day and you'll have a whole new appreciation for people who have that job. And I was like... Preach, yeah. preach! Everyone should work in the service industry for at least yeah. like a summer, um, if not for longer. Because one, you will never tip poorly again in your entire life. Two, you'll never be a fucking asshole to a wait. Like, just when people are jerks to service people, I'm just like, yeah. And we out. What would you do if you went to not even like a fancy restaurant? Let's say like a chain restaurant. Let's say like an Applebee's or a Chili's or whatever. Post-pandemic times, and we're sitting in the booth, and we're like, you know what we're going to do now that we're physically together again, Katie? And then, Katie, you're going to go to Chili's, and we're going to order some margaritas and and chips and queso. We're like, yeah, we're going to do it. So we're waiting to order our classic margaritas, and up walks Mr. Jonathan Pikes as our waiter in the Chili's. Like, what, what would you do? And you're like, has anyone ever told you, you look a lot like... The actor, beloved actor, Jonathan Frakes. And it's like, oh, I hear that all the time. <laughs> I am obsessed. this. I would lose my mind and not be able to talk to him. <laughs> you would turn into Jerry. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> so are you doing this for funsies? Like, why are you? Be, don't, don't worry about my friend Katie. She's been dead for 20 years. <laughs> Uh, so, preach, Frakes. Love Aww. this. So, he's basically just like, uh, our, you know, our guy is Kyle Jarvis. He's a struggling college student. He's struggling with, you know, he's waiting tables to pay his way through his, you know, 
They say he's pre-med, so just he's in undergrad still. So he, um, he had to pay his way through college. He's struggling with his relationship. Oh. He's struggling to, like with all of his time. Da, 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 then and there. And, ba- and he doesn't even have a zinger for this. He goes, let's watch his story. <laughs> no zinger. Didn't even try. So Kyle is our voiceover as well. So he's, he's saying that, you know, uh, some of his friends think he's Superman because not only is he in college, but he's working three part-time jobs to like, they're like, how does he do all of this? And then he goes, and I, how did I have find time to fall in love as well? And then up drives a BMW and he, he's walking on a campus and up drives a BMW with his uh, rich girlfriend, Tammy. And, you know, they do a little smooch hello and she's just like, Oh, you know, so-and-so got the cabin for the weekend. And he's like, well, you know, I have to, Work. Fucking work, Tammy. And she's just, like and, you. And she's just like, oh, I forgot. I could never keep track. And like, she's not being a jerk about it, but it's just obvious. Like, it's actually kind of well done about how it just like it just never occurred in her head that this would happen. Mm. Um, and so uh, he's saying, well, maybe we could go up to the cabin after we meet your parents because apparently this is something that they've oh. sort of talked about mm. that he's going to meet her parents. Um, and then she gets this look on her face and she's just like, let's not meet them. And he, and Kyle gets, like, really, really pissed about this. He's not yelling at her, but he's, like, not stopping pushing. He's just like... It's because I'm poor, isn't it? Why won't you let me meet your parents? And she's like, my dad is hard to please. He's a huge jerk. And she keeps putting it off. Apparently, this is, like, the fifth time she's trying to reschedule it. And he's like, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And I was like, slow your roll, pal. And he keeps pressuring. And, Especially and if her dad's such a big jerk. They don't want to. I mean, but she's... And he's, like clearly pushing and she's clearly not ready yeah and so it's just like listen it's like listen to the words she's saying she's like it's not the right time and he keeps pushing 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 and he says i want to spend the rest of my life with you but he also kind of breaks up with her he's kind of like if 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 you're not comfortable with me meeting your parents maybe you need to think about your commitment to me i don't i don't like i don't like the words that he's choosing here i don't know tammy i wasn't on your side at first but right now go to the cabin with your friends Live your best life. You don't need to get married in undergrad, my no. So Or make a commitment. And, and, and gross. <laughs> gross commitment. Gross. <laughs> Yuck. Boys but like cooties. But, al- <laughs> but also she's like, you know, he's like, you can't get past this parent thing. I'm like, I think you can't get past yeah, this parent I have thing. also, when has, I'm sorry, when have you been in a relationship where you die or your significant other or your partner was intensely pressuring you to meet your parents. That's so weird. Well, and, like, that shouldn't be the deal breaker. Like, if no. you're not getting introduced to, like, friends and people in their life, but, like, you know, if, if the parents hate you, you can still get... It's not like they have to sign off on your dowry or whatever. <laughs> like, this is I'm so evidence dumb. of that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the voiceover is, he kind of realizes it. He's just like, I don't know why I pushed so hard. She clearly needed time. Cut to, he's, you know, waiting tables at the restaurant and just sort of montaging him serving people. And he's like, I called her during work, like, in between taking orders, but the line was busy. Maybe she was talking to some guy. And I was like, whoa, bro. Like, Ooh, again, calm much. down. I don't like that. And he goes, and he also says the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard. And he's like, you know, this is a lot of, you know, we're talking about a lot of commitment and the life of a doctor's wife is a lot of commitment Shut that up, she really Kyle. has to think about. Shut up, Kyle. One of the people we saw him serving starts to like, like clutch at his chest and You guys couldn't see having his lizards, a- but she was <laughs> pretending to have a heart attack. 
pretending in like the best, oh, worst the best. Acting. The best acting, acting, acting. Um, My heart. So he starts. You know, he's, he's attacking he's his tie. <laughs> he's loosening his tie. He gets up and falls down. And Kyle goes. The signs of a heart attack were clear as day because you know he's pre med or whatever. Right, so he's just that like pre med. Sure, 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 sure. You know. And he's just like, I got that, you know, and he's like, like, the woman's like, like, the wife of this man clearly is screaming, and she's like, oh my god, like, someone help, and he's like, call 911, she's like, does anyone have a phone? And he's like, opening the guy's shirt and doing chest compressions, and he's like, I knew we just had to keep him, you know, they had called the ambulance, I just had to, like, keep him going until the ambulance got here, da-da-da-da-da-da, and then, uh, cut to, the guy has an oxygen mask on his face, and he's being rolled away by the... EMTs and he's like holding Kyle's hand and he's just like you saved me. Oh, oh shut up. up. I hate this. And story. then the wife who's like standing there and like walking with him goes, "Oh, honey, thank goodness you made it." And it's Tammy because he just saved Tammy's oh. father's life. Ah! End of story. Oh, I hate this story. Uh, so was this mere coincidence, or did fate preordain it? Nope. Is this based on reality, nope. or are we serving you a plate of lies? Plate of lies, plate of lies. Okay. Heart attack of lies. Uh, plate of and lies. And so that's why I was all like, he just did chest compression, so what is the cure? Alright, so, the cure. False. I Next. better be. If this one's true, I'm gonna flip some tables. Uh, story number four. The Guardian. Uh, the prop is a basketball and hoop. That has been set up like, a the, like a, kind of the hoop that like you would a, see like in someone's driveway, like like a hoop, like eighteen hundreds like children playing with a hoop and stick. No, a basketball. I know. Okay, fine. I thought we were getting another oldie timey story. Never mind. No, no oldie timey stories this time. Um, so and so, Frakes is like dribbling. Looks very no. funny. Often learn other things on the playground beyond the game of basketball. Things about the game of life. Um, so, <laughs> tell me more our about voice- the game of life, Jonathan Frakes. I'm all ears. Oh, our voiceover is Mark, and he is, he's like, I, you know, I'll admit I was obsessed with sports and giving my nerdy little brother a hard time. Quick question. And so it's, yeah, what's up? The closed captioning? Yeah. Was it Mark with a C or Mark with a K? Because this could be very important. Okay, okay Mark with a K. All right, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so it's this. So there's a mom, and then, like, then the two kids are having breakfast. Um, I'd say Mark is probably junior in high school. And he's, you know, the nerdy little brother is, like, clearly like, doing homework still and, like, kind of studying. Or, like, doing, like, fun recreational reading of textbooks. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And so Mark is giving him shit. And then the mom says, both of you straight home from school. You know, I worry. And then Mark is like, but mom, I got to work on my skills. Um, and she's like, you got to work on your algebra. <laughs> I was like, I love this I mom. know, I was just thinking, that's me. <laughs> so then, but she does, she does capitulate, and she says, okay, but you guys have to be back um, by, I think she says sundown or something like that. Um, and then, and then the little oh, cut fine. is, then it cuts to them coming to like a little, like, shrine okay. in their house that has a whole bunch of little angel statues. What? And when I say little, I mean like Barbie size. I don't mean like little, like precious. Cut to them having a shrine in their house with a bunch of angel statues. Yeah, because mom is super religious. Mm. And whenever they leave the house, she prays to her angel statues that everyone comes home safe. The park is six blocks from their home. Everyone hangs out there. Everybody. And he goes, 
And it goes, like that girl that always does chalk drawings. This comes into no, this does not play into anything. There's just a girl who's doing like very intricate chalk drawings on the blacktop. And she's just there. Doesn't matter. She doesn't get a name. He just references her. Doesn't matter. And then also they bring up Big Al. Big Al is this <laughs> okay. super, super, super tall dude wearing Oakleys. And he shows up at four sharp every day to shoot hoops. I think he's like college age, but his college dreams were dashed, right? Because he had he was gonna he was getting scouted by all these schools. He got in a car accident or something. He was old as time. His knee. He's wearing like a little knee brace, but he's still like he shouldn't move. So four sharp every day, leaves at five to go to his night job. Okay, so he does have a job. Okay, night job. Yes. All right. Yes. So and everyone is just watching him play hoops by himself. Like, he's just, he's got, some, like, headphones on, like, so, you know, an old walk man, and he's just shooting hoops, and, like, everyone's very intimidated, but in awe of him, and, like, just watching him going, like, man, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Mark and, the, Mark and the little brother are shooting hoops. The brother's like, it's whatever time they need to go. Um, it's time to go home. And Mark goes, mom's not going to get home until 7. Like, that's when she gets home from work. So we got tons of time, and he pulls out a very clearly ornate gold pocket watch. And the little brother's like, what are you doing with dad's watch? Um, and he's like, shut up. I was just showing it around at school. I was like, why? Anyway, whatever. The little bro is just like, okay, deuces. Like, I'm going to list. I'm going to follow the rules. And now I'll he wants to follow the rules. Okay, sure. So Mark is just like, you know, shooting hoops by himself. Mm-hmm. And up comes some toughs. <gasps> 90s uh, toughs. How do we know they're toughs? Uh, they have a pocket knife. Oh. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, he shoots a ball. The ball, like, bounces away. Uh, tough gets it. And he goes, hey, that's my ball. And because he just doesn't assume that they're toughs, even though they're clearly coded as toughs. And they're like, yeah, no, I think I'm going to keep this. That's mine and now. Then, and, then, and then he p- passes it to another tough that is up here on the other side of Mark. And um, they're like, you know, how about you empty your pockets and buy this ball back? And, like, Or Mark just let the ball clear- go. How about that? Right? And Mark is clearly like, no, my ball is gone. I can't it and then he's like, how about I, you know, gets the knife out, a little butterfly, chink. And he's like, how about we catch that ball with this knife? How about we do? Like, okay. It's like, bro, just fucking run and let them have the fucking ball, whatever. Yeah. So he's like sweating and he's just like, no, I don't want to, you know, not this watch or whatever. And then um, up comes Big Al. Mm-hmm. And Big Al is just like, I think you need to go play somewhere else. And the Tufts are like, sorry, Mr. Al. Sir. <laughs> Mr. Big like, Sir. <laughs> uh, Mark just runs. He takes the ball and he runs. He doesn't say thank you. He doesn't do anything. What? Like, but, what? You know, and, and great. And Al is just standing there and like staring at them. And then the Tufts like slink away. So the next day, the little brother's like, motherfucker, you need to go thank Al uh-huh. for saving him. Uh-huh. And that's what we're going to do today. I'm t- like, I'm like, I love this little brother. Like yeah. bossing yeah. around. Like. You are going to, I'm going to go with you, and you're going to thank Al. Listen, you moron. Fucking yeah. asshole. Yeah. So, uh, and the little brother's like, if you don't do this, I'm going to tattle on you to mom about you taking dad's watch. Nice. So, we're, do, we're doing nice. this. And so, they roll on up to Big Al at the park. And Al's like, the fuck? I don't know who you are. What the mm. fuck? Um, and they're like, no, but you saved me yesterday from the tufts. And... Al's like, when was this said to have occurred? And I was like, that's a really weird way to say it. Um, and he's saying, like, 6 o'clock. And he's like, have you ever seen me here past 5 p.m.? It wasn't me. You little idiots. Like, you morons. Sorry, dude. So they walk away. And 
the voiceover from Marcos, that question has bothered me for years, but I think I finally know the answer of, like, if it wasn't Al, who was it? And, like, it pans down to a big chalk drawing that apparently that girl did of, like, an angel? End of story! Uh, so, did an angel take the form of Big Al? His job records show he was not at the park at the time of saving Mark. Uh, will you find something of substance in this story, or is it nothing but net? Nothing but net. Nothing but net. False. Okay. I, I don't like the mom praying to the angel shrine whatsoever. Okay. I don't like the okay. chalk drawing girl that has no place. I don't. There's so, there's so much there not to like. Our last <gasps> tale. Oh, what a treasure. Okay. The gift. Ooh, it is a treasure. So, it's a gift. Ooh. The props are a bunch of shitty-looking tchotchkes. Like, imagine things that you'd find in, like, a super old lady's home. Angel like, statues just, like, from a shrine? No angel statues, but, like, like a, like a wedding top, wedding kick topper that, like, you know, okay. things that look like precious moments figurines. Okay. That kind of so... Frakes is gesturing to these things and goes, the stuff of a lifetime. Some are sentimental, some are frivolous, some even have worth. And when someone passes on, it's, it's either handed down or thrown out with the trash. Mildred Grayson is dying, and she knows her family is about to descend and split up her stuff. Ah, Mildred Grayson. So her nurse, who we much later in the story find out saying is Beverly. Um, so Mildred decides that she wants to live at home. So she gets a live-in nurse. Um, who is Beverly, and over the five months that they that Beverly has been living there, um, they become great friends. And so they're just sort of, you see them chatting as uh, Beverly's giving her some pills and stuff like that. Um, you know, nursing, nursing stuff. Beverly's like, I'm going to go get our tea, because apparently they have tea time. That's cute. And it's like their little ritual. That's cute. And, she goes, and then she goes, and your family's here. And Mildred's like, ugh. Like, you can see that Mildred's, like, not jazzed because her daughters are pieces of shit. Um, so, so Beverly says, your family's here. And then some hilarious, like, these are bitches music starts up. Mm. It's like, burm, burm. like, it's very, just like, this is, he, 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 look how terrible these this, people this are. This is Drizella so, and Anastasia coming on down. Basically. Nice. So, uh... They're talking about how the home is a shack. The home is perfectly nice. It just has tchotchkes on every available surface. But, like, there's nothing wrong with that, as I point at my Funko Pops. Like, there's... It's it's a perfectly nice house. It's, like, from the, the exterior shots, it's, like, a, you know, a fairly large single-family-looking home. Like, there's lots, mm-hmm. it's lots of leather-bound books of rich mahogany. Like, it's just a perfectly fine house. Um, but they're, like, calling it a shack, and how did we let it get like this? And then, like, the one slightly nicer sister, she's like, well, we weren't really around to help. But the super bitchy sister is just like, who cares? Like, why would we, like, we wanted mom to move into a home years and years ago, but she wouldn't leave her fucking little treasures Ooh, and, like, gesturing wow, all the okay. tchotchkes. And so Beverly is sort of, like, witnessing this because she's going to get the tea. And um, and they're sort of rude to her. They're sort of, of like, she's, she's uh, the, help. the help, right? She comes in, she says, hey, your mom's awake. I'm going to go get some tea. One daughter follows Bev into the kitchen and is just like, you know, mom wants to give you something. She had some old jewelry that she wants to give you, but she can't remember where it is. She could have given it away years ago. We don't even know, but she's very, very insistent she wants you to have something. Um, and she's going to be very annoying about this. And Beverly's like, I like to think she's being consistent. Like, and it's just like trying to like, be like, stop oh, talking shit about your mom. Beverly. And she's just like, yeah, whatever, man. And so Bev's like, 
you know, our tea times are really special to me. How about this kettle? You know, and it's like a copper kettle. Like, it's pretty, but it's, you know, there's nothing. It's just, it's just kettle. Um, and the daughter's like, whatever. Right? So. Ugh. Um, Mildred dies that night. Aw, poor And Mildred. cut to the next day, the daughters both have two huge trash bags, and they're just fucking trashing stuff. And they're just, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And um, Belle comes in, and, and they're like, hey, the carpet cleaners are coming tomorrow, so you need to move out today. Oh. And uh, Beverly's like, okay. She's clearly quite sad, and the yeah. daughters are just like, fuck it. And um, and then slightly nicer sister's like, do you need more time? And Beverly's like, no, I can be out. Don't worry about it. They're like, take whatever you want of this shit. We got to get it all out of here. So she walks by, so the, and like the mean sister, like, sort of like body checks her, trying Aww. to get by her. Like, it's just so dumb. So uh, she looks kind of into one of the trash bags, and she sees the wedding cake topper from our Frakes intro and kind of what she, we'd seen it a couple of times in the background over the mm-hmm. story, like, especially like when they showed the photo of Mildred and her husband, she's like, I'm going to take this. Um, nothing about the kettle again, but we'll get okay. there. Um, so she's like, I'm going to take this wedding cake topper. Like this, she's like, I'll put it on my own wedding cake. This one's going to be mm-hmm. what I mm-hmm. take. Cut to middle of the night. She's still living in the house because she's, you know, moving out that next okay. day or whatever. But, like, it's middle of the night, and she's woken up in the middle of the night by the kettle going off. And she's like, huh? She goes down, and what has happened is kettle's on the stove. There's a the little hood where, like, the light and stuff is on. She had put the wedding cake topper on the little hood for some, um, for plot reasons. Okay. <laughs> Puts up there. So, the oven turns on. The kettle, which has water in it, starts steaming. The steam melts the bottom of the wedding cake topper, which is apparently wax. Embedded in the wax are some diamond earrings. (laughs) What? The diamonds look like solitaires. Like, they look perfectly lovely. They're just, they're studs, and they're, like, a decent size. But, like, I wouldn't think this, but she's just like, and the diamonds were worth thousands of dollars. I was like, they need to get a better product if that's the case, but whatever. Um, That's it. So, so did Mildred... (laughs) That's, it. That's all. And she there we the go. So the diamond earrings were encased Warm. in wax that were put at the bottom of the wedding cake topper that she accidentally left on the hood of the stove that turned on by itself in the middle of the night, made the tea kettle boil, and the hot steam melted the wax and revealed the earrings. When in her younger life did Mildred go, you know what I'm going to be hilarious. Well, I'm dead this shit in some you know, wax. when I'm a so, ghost, I hope I get up to some ghostly hijinks like that. You know? Yeah. Uh, so did so did Mildred reach out beyond death to make sure that Bev received her reward? Is this a work of fiction, or are we concealing the truth? Is it fiction, or are we concealing the truth? Um, like like those diamonds were concealed. Yeah, I you know I love it. I mean, it is a ghost. It's a ghost story, and I bet on ghosts, so I'm going through. Okay. All right, let's hear it. Give me the verdict. Give me the verdict. Look very skeptical of me. Did I not get one right? Were they all wrong? Um, <laughs> so, oh, no. the warning, the warning with our with our creep yeah. and yes. the, the coffins. Yes. You said true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is. Oh, oh come on. We made it up. The bus stop. The bus yeah. stop with our Mr. Wright, yeah. etc. Yeah. You said, true. Because I'm always betting on ghosts. 
Uh, Frank says, no way. Damn it. And literally, he was just like, no way. No. He the cure yeah. with our fucking Kyle yeah. and his thoughts about what a doctor's wife needs to do, etc. If this is, you said, I said false. And if this is true, you said false. I would be mad. Oh, if I flip it, it's true. true. Oh. It's true. It's true. I'm sorry. Oh, it's true. true. Me too. Uh, and honestly, this one definitely sounds like an urban legend. And you know they like to throw yes. urban legends in there and be like, this is an urban legend. It's not true. Yes. Um, so his anyway. sound is so, it's so like a caricature of a controlling abusive boyfriend. And right? He also has Ugh. a god complex. And he's, he's, you're my doctor's wife. No. When I am a doctor, you must be home with the children. Oh. And then you will come to all of my functions, yes. etc. No boobs. No, I still have a chance. No thinking. Still have a chance for a pair. I still have a chance for a pair. Uh, so number four, the guardian yeah. uh, with the you know angel. Yeah. I I assume what they're saying is that the mom prays to the angel. The angel sent a fake Big Al to save Mark. I think that's what they're to saying. Save Mark Whatever. and his basketball. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. you said false. I did. No. No. This one happened. Shut up. We still have one left. Damn it. The, the gift oh, with our earrings that are hidden in the wedding topper, which Sunday. had to be on the big resurrect. Yes. <laughs> Your reputation. One. So, no, you look so disappointed you, in me. Oh, no. No, 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 let, no, no. Gift. You said true. This one's true. Oh, God. Yeah, da, 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 uh, both oh. this one and the Guardian one, he specifically says, based off of first-person interviews by author Robert Trelins of our book from the 50s. So one boob! So we be- we end the season the way we began the season. <laughs> With one boob. <laughs> classic, 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 beyond belief. Classic. Oh, that phrase, he's such a trickster. <laughs> and then he ends it with, could you perceive the truth? Not apparently fucking not. And, and then, you know how he always closes, I'm Jonathan Frakes. And then he walks away. No, um, I'm Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> um, so that, that's our wow. season finale. Wow. That's our episode. Wow. I was, I was very, very excited to get a, but she died. Yeah, I know that's, that, that was, was fantastic. But I bet on, I bet on ghosts. Bet on ghosts. It turned out that was like a 50 50 split this episode about betting on ghosts. Damn it. On this Easter Sunday. <laughs> Lizards, how did you do? Um, I mean, I, I'm sure that you all agree that uh, the creep is a super huge creep, and uh, I'm talking about Kyle yes. right now. Yes. Super huge creep. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just keep your eyes out for my forthcoming autobiography <laughs> Creeps and Caskets. That's going to be our, our next podcast. Creeps and Caskets. It's like, let's let's talk about the benefits of cherry wood. And also, uh, I had to block someone on Peloton for the first time. Because, you know, you, you can be, you can set your profile to private, as always. But, like, I just sort of have it open because, like, who do I, what do I fucking care? Because well, when you're friends someone on Peloton, you can see when they're working out. And then you could, like, work out together. That's basically the whole thing of it. Um... So I just let, you know, if 
And, and in the class, the whole thing is like, oh, throw some high fives to people who are around you on the leaderboard. So you're high fiving people um, that you don't know. And sometimes, like, I'll see the, the same people in, in a bunch of classes. Like, we all take the same, like, Alley Love classes or whatever. So we'll start following each other. That's, that's fine. So in this one class, uh, there was someone, I don't know. There was just someone that, like, basically they friended me afterwards. I was like, okay whatever like and I usually look at their profile to see if they have any hashtags that are super uh racist or um conservative um yeah I mean one time it was a girl who was like hashtag conservative and I was like fucking kill me so I did not friend her um but so this so this dude seemed fine um so I was like fine whatever doing my ride on Saturday he high fives me no less than 40 times in a half hour class. So the first time is like when you join the class, if it's someone you, if, if you friended someone and someone you know joins the class, it'll say like, so and so's joined the class, so you can like high five them hello. And so I usually just do that. And then I might high five them another one time during the class, right? Like after a hard push or just when the, sometimes the, sometimes the instructor's like, throw a high five, all right, then let's get those vibes This motherfucker. I so I high fived him hello, and then he high fived me like at some point, and so I high fived him. I then got forty additional high fives, and I never once high fived him back. And I was just like, "This is like it's such a weird thing to say because it's literally just like he probably had like the people he followed and was just going." But was he doing it like like, once a minute? I mean, yes, literally, like it just kept popping up in the feed, and I was like, "Fuck this person." It was creepy. Yeah. Like, if someone if someone's not high, if I was high-fiving him back, then sure, like, let's just keep trading high-fives. Like, when I take classes with people I actually know, we'll do that sometimes. And this is Definitely like, not 40 this is what it's like to be a woman. Like, you can't even fucking yeah. work out on your Peloton without some creep just yeah. constantly demanding your attention. Ew. Yeah, so, uh, Cherrywood Casket, and who's a fucking creep on Peloton who yeah. just, like... It's it's in, it's weirdly intimidating. It's like, why are you doing this? It's not motivational at this point. It's creepy. And so I had to block his ass. I was like, I can't believe I had to block someone. Oh, I mean, I do. I can believe it, but I can't believe it. It's ridiculous. And yet, here we are. Um, but yeah, so that was my creep and my chosen casket this week is Cherry. Love it. Um, well, I, I, I love that casket for you. It's very, <laughs> it's very comfy. Love that job for you. Oh, oh um. So, y'all, lizards, happy end of season two of Beyond Belief. And Em and I will talk about if we're going to just keep on chugging with Beyond Belief or if we'll start maybe alternating seasons and stuff. Or, like, there's been some good documentaries on Netflix recently that are some true crimeys. We might dip our toes back in true. We'll see, man. But, uh, worlds are oysters. Sky's the limit. And happy bunny day. Happy bunny day to all those on, uh, no, happy egg day to everyone on Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> yeah, zipper's a, zipper's a creek. He falls into the creek category. Of the yeah, that's, baskets, a, that's a creep. Man. Oh. <laughs>